It's the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond, of course, joined with Maurice Hawkins. And this week's special guest, Tim Meek. Tim is like a legend. I mean, truly is a legend. Uh, you hear about him. Of course, he won of the Washington football, formerly known as the Washington Football Talk Podcast. And then he joins us. And the timing could not be better because Tim is in Indy where our new quarterback just finished his one and only season, Carson Wentz. And we're going to talk all about Carson and Landon. And I guess we we thought about talking about the draft and we'll, I mean, the uh, combine, we'll talk a little combine. Uh, but also I want to get Tim on because uh Washington I guess the commanders I got to un- untrain my brain from saying Washington football team Washington is playing in Indy so I want Tim to give us all the insights that uh your traveling fan needs to know because it's one of the places that I want to go and see the team play and I think we're going to do it this season so Tim thanks for joining us hey it's my pleasure to be here fellas well, let's go ahead and get started. I know Maurice was, uh, oh, you know, Maurice, I won't put words in your mouth. You tell me your thoughts when you saw that roll across, I think from Ian Rappaport, or was it uh, Adam Schefter reporting that Washington had pulled off the trade for Carson Wentz? Well, I think the interesting thing about the Wentz trade was that it came immediately off the heels of learning that Russell Wilson was not coming to Washington and all of the uh, negative press that came associated with that, that we actually gave the good college try to try to get him. He was like, no, sir, thank you so much, but uh, I'll be going to Denver. And then the next day we get Carson Wentz and it was probably one of my most mad moments in my life because it was like, okay, um, we got this guy and, um, it felt like more of the same, but you know, again, I guess we got to give him a chance to see what he can do, but, uh, I, it, it didn't wow me. I'll say that. Tim, what was your thoughts on Carson Wentz? I mean, you got to see him last season up close. We all saw him as Philadelphia. It seemed like we always had trouble against him except the last season he played us. Yeah, I mean, my initial response was I was super excited. One of the probably only of the uh, people that were excited to hear the news. Uh, but I, it wasn't so much that I live here and I've seen Carson. Um, it, it's I guess it's just the realization that we weren't going to get the big three. Um, you know, the Watsons, the uh, the Wilson, and the and the Rogers. So. As I looked at the free agents or the people who would be available via trade, there was only one guy, maybe two, that I was interested in. And I even tweeted about it to John Kime when he put a poll up, the, uh, uh, actually probably no more than two hours before the trade happened. And basically my scenario was Watson's my top choice and still is. Of course. Uh, still was at the moment. And that's the guy that I'd be willing to go all in. And when I say all in, I was talking – Give him Chase Young. Do what it takes to get the young 26-year-old guy entering his prime. It's a gamble. Of course it's a gamble. But if he's clear of everything that would allow him to play football, I would have been okay with it. So obviously that didn't happen. Um, but if you look at that tweet, my number two option was Carson Wentz. 
And that surprised a lot of people. It already stirred up debate, the debate before we even got uh, and, and before it was even officially announced. So I, I had already started the debate with people on Twitter and was kind of outlining why I liked Carson. And it was basically because Carson's going to come at a pretty low risk. Um, didn't know at the time what it was going to take. Uh, it ended up being uh, a couple three. Maybe looks like maybe a two and a three or two threes, depending on how much he plays. Um, it's a little pricier than what I probably anticipated. But um, anyhow, I, I I still think if if Carson pans out. So let's just we'll start looking at the positive. So let's say Carson comes in and he he performs and they play well and they win football games and he becomes the franchise. You know, they decide to extend him. Now we've got a franchise quarterback here who's still relatively young, um, and we got him at for a second and a third. That's a bargain. Um, c- now, compare that to who else was available. Um, Jimmy G, you know, yeah. you're going to have to trade for that guy. Uh, I guess the other guy I kind of liked was uh, uh, Jameis Winston. Um, I, I, he was number three on my list. But if we got Jameis, I, I wanted to draft Willis. Um, uh, and then we kind of get into the college guys from there. Um, so looking at all these guys, I, I, I just wasn't interested in the Trubisky's or the Jimmy G's because to me, and, and, and believe me, I understand that most people probably consider Wentz in the same category as those two guys. I don't, uh, but uh, the reason I don't is, uh, you know, basically, I mean, we've seen him play eight times as Washington fans, and he had some really good games against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only do we see a guy who can be a competent, first, you know, top half of the league-type quarterback, that's what he's been. So that's not a stretch to say that that's what he will be for us. And then that's what he was this year for the Colts. He was ninth in in QBR. We can pull out all the stats. Um, So to get a top half of the quarterback type of player and then compound that with, we have an opportunity to possibly get a guy, possibly it's unlikely, but the possibility is there because he's proven it to be a top 10 type quarterback. Um, That's what excites me. Um, so, you know, so that's, 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 that's the reason I probably look at Carson a little bit differently than, than Mo and other people and the majority of fans. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem. Like I, I was looking at the list of potential free agents and yeah, of course we loved the idea of Rogers. We all got hot and bothered with, um, Russell Wilson, but you know, that Denver was going to do something right. Like. Denver was always the location that that was that was the wild card that they you know it was the idea that but possibly you would have um, Rodgers would go to Denver you know they always seem to land a really good veteran quarterback uh, and then yeah. they get a lot of then they, <laughs> there's a lot of trash that goes through there um, but <laughs> you know I mean they they've they've had that cachet and but when you look at who is out there I mean if you if you weren't getting um, if you weren't getting Carson Wentz in agreed a very low cost, the money is the money. Like who cares? And the trade, I mean, you're basically a third, you know, you, you're trading seconds and, and it's a third. Um, but is Tyrod Taylor going to put butts in the seats? Uh, Andy Dalton, uh, Cam Newton, 
He showed us this year he can't do anything. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, okay, no thanks. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, no. Marcus Mariota, mm mm-mm. Uh, you know, I, I hated the Mitch Trubisky. Like everybody got hot for Trubisky, and we uh, last week we talked a lot of Trubisky talk because everybody got hot and bothered about him again. And I still can't figure out why anyone thinks he's a starting quarterback. He's Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones is a barely starting quarterback. So I mean, I didn't see it. Uh, I like the, you know, the only thing you didn't give up a first. So Washington still has that first at 11. They can move back if they want and pick up that extra pick that they lost, or they could stick at 11 and grab a quarterback in a later round. Um, So I, I'm okay with it. You know, it wasn't obviously nobody's running around saying, except for Tim, <laughs> Nobody was running around <laughs> saying that. Uh, uh, I, you know, I don't think many people had thought that Wentz was the guy um, because of all like the negative press that came out of Indy, especially following the draft. But uh, I mean, the combine. But I am, I'm surprised, and I and I'll get your take that these moves came so quickly after the combine. So. What does that tell you that the scouts saw at the combine that now they have, you know, you have these two trades happening and going down uh, almost immediately following the combine? Who's that to? Tim oh, just any, you know, you just throw it up. I'll, <laughs> defer, to, I'll, I'll defer to Tim because he was actually at the combine and then I'll come in after sure. that. Okay, uh, I kind of lost connection, so I didn't hear the whole question. What does it say about the combine that these trades went down right after the combine? What does it say about the about the class of quarterbacks maybe that we saw that both of these trades happened immediately? Oh, I think it speaks volumes um, at what's not available via the draft, and I think it speaks volumes to what happens at the combine and why it's so important. Uh, It's such a networking event, and it's the only time that you're going to get all of the executives for 32 teams to be in one place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why it's so great. You can can literally meet with anybody who you need to meet with, and you don't have to do it via Zoom. You don't have to do it via a phone call or text or email uh, or or take a flight out to to do the one-on-ones. Um, and, and that's, that's just, it's no coincidence that it happens quickly after the combine, um, for those reasons. Maurice, what's your take as, uh, it sounds like a, a dog is running around behind you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, this microphone is really good. Picks up all sound. All the sound. Uh, Yeah. With the, with the noisy dog walking in the house. Um, I think I, I would agree with Tim that I think it's definitely an indictment on this class of quarterbacks that the um, you know NFL overall is probably looking at more veteran leadership at the signal caller position than the draft. And the number two, watching and moving as fast as they did to jump on Carson Wentz, because I think 
after you know Aaron Rodgers signed that monster deal for Green Bay and then Denver pulled the trigger on Russell Wilson, it became slim pickings as far as uh, free agent signal callers real quick. So the fact yeah. that Washington moved as fast as they did to get Carson Wentz, uh, I definitely think reinforces the uh, the shoddiness of quarterback play at the combine, number one. And I think number two, one of the feather in the cap about having Carson Wentz uh, as our starting quarterback is that he has familiarity with the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could definitely help him out, number one. And then I think, uh, number two, you know, he's been a starter, so he's going to know that starter regimen real quick. And then I think if he can stay healthy, and I think that's the big if, then he does give us that bridge quarterback situation that we were trying to implement last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and then maybe draft another quarterback. And I think Washington, looking at this draft class, say that they didn't want to invest so much draft capital in a quarterback. And maybe they still will draft a quarterback if they feel like someone's worth developing. But I think the big question is the timetable as it relates to Coach Rivera. Does he still feel as though that he has an extended period of time to really get this team the way it needs to be? Or at the end of the season, if he turns out another seven and seven and ten, eight and nine season, does he go in the hot seat in season four? So I think that's a lot of things to kind of analyze in rela- relation to the Carson Wentz um, trade. Yeah, I think you know the the sad thing about Rivera is he doesn't have a lot of time. So it's not like you could go and strike out on a quarterback and then another quarterback. He's already struck out on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't work. And then we had a whole year with Taylor Heineke as a result. And then we had the year of the 57 quarterbacks the (laughs) season before, like, I, you know, it's not like he's got a seven or 10 year deal. He, he had five to get it done. And, you know, year five, if, if, if year four is a failure five, that guy gets fired midseason, right? And yeah. so he doesn't have that luxury. So you get these deals, the Carson Wentz deals, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's where I see things differently with Carson. I see the opportunity that he could be the long-term quarterback. I don't look at him as the bridge quarterback. I'm looking at this guy to come in here, this is kind of like his last chance to prove himself. Um, I've heard um, or heard or read somebody, and I wish I could quote him, but I don't remember who it was. But if Carson comes in here with some, some uh, humility, um, at, which I guess has been uh, has been lacking on his end, uh, and and has learned a little bit from his uh, from his experiences in the past. Uh, with Indiana, with Philly, and can come in here and play with a chip on his shoulder. He's he's a capable quarterback, um, and I I I guess I don't view him as a as a bridge guy. So I see a guy that could come in this year uh, and take a team that's um, you know I I don't want to Ashburn myself. So I think <laughs> easy to do, but I, I I they're a middle of the road talent team. They're they're not lacking talent they're not the most talented team so they're they're one of the probably 22 mid-tier teams that are a quarterback away okay right. yeah. uh, they're not the worst roster in the league so this team with the right quarterback um uh, and and the right 
uh, you, you got to catch some breaks. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. We all need to understand that. But if they have relative health, the schedule this year is conducive to the defense being much better than it was last year, just simply by who they're playing. They've got a very uh, favorable schedule and, and and it's early and things change and the NFL's parody and I get all that. Yeah. But the, the tide will turn this year in comparison to what it was last year. And we won seven games with Taylor Heineke against that schedule. Okay. I, right. I somewhat impressive. Um, they were fighting for a playoff bid and probably only failed to reach it because of the COVID outbreak at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, so I see who anybody who would have came in, whether it be, I mean, even a Mariota type, I think could have came in here. Yeah. So that's who I clarify. I guess that's who I would signify as like a bridge quarterback as a Trubisky, a Mariota. So that's what worried me about picking up one of those guys is next year's conducive for winning so if we come in next year and we win 10 games with trubisky now what happens now are we suddenly going to extend this guy are we going to give him a longer contract Do we view him as the future when all he really did was come in and win games on a pretty good football team that had a really favorable schedule because the, the nfl's built on parity worse the first happens all the time very easy to go from six to ten wins seven to ten wins in this league because the margin of error is pretty, pretty slim uh, team to team. So they catch the breaks next year. And then what happens? Um, and I mean, I, I guess the difference between like a, a Trubisky type dink and dunk, um, I, I, it, he doesn't pass the eyeball test with me, which means nothing. But I mean, I've read that from, from a lot of respected no, people. He's terrible. And uh, yeah, so I, I would be afraid that they wouldn't know what to do. They'd be in that that limbo stage next year with whoever they brought in. So I guess that's why I was uh, excited for Carson, because I think Carson, if he comes in and plays well next year and he shows that it, he was a big part of it, making plays with his with uh, off schedule, you know, making some plays down the field opening up that playbook a little bit that's been closed because of the, uh, uh, the, the quarterbacks that we've had um, dating back to Alex, you know, Scott's really not had a really uh, an opportunity to really show what he can do and stretch that bottom third or that top third of the defense or top uh, that, you know, down the field type of stuff. So it'll be fun to see what Scott can do with this offense with Carson Wentz with a guy with a big arm. Um, and I guess that's what excites me about Carson is I personally, and obviously in the minority, but I do see him as a guy, if he can come in this year and play well and be a reason why they win 10 or 11 games, that this could be a guy that could be a franchise quarterback and not just the bridge quarterback. Um, and if he's not, I understand that's completely possible as well. Um, you know, it, it, you move on uh, and that can be done after this year. Um, you know, you lose a couple draft picks, but, uh, you know, it's a calculated gamble. And I, I think it's, I think it was savvy and smart. I mean, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, 2016, right? 2016, they went seven and nine and they were four. They finished fourth in the NFC East the next year, 13 and three playing a last place schedule and mm -hmm. obviously went to the Super Bowl and won and finally got their victory. And yeah, we all know what happened with uh, Nick Foles coming in in relief, but they got there. They got there during the regular season, and 
even the year after they went to the Super Bowl, they went nine and seven. Uh, it was right. only until the, his last season did they did the wheels kind of fall off. And it's one of those things where, it, you know, Washington does have this favorable opportunity now. And you have a quarterback who has got a strong arm, can throw more than 30 yards, yeah. can, <laughs> can see over the line of scrimmage. He's six foot five. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you how frustrating it was seeing Heineke get balls smacked down at the line of scrimmage just because he's like my height, right? Like he's a normal guy. And right. he was he was electric and got us seven wins. Uh, so, you know, if if the ceiling, if we don't know what the ceiling is, but we know that Carson Wentz's floor, at least for the last few teams he's played for, with the exception of like one year, is like nine wins. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> Washington would almost like probably have a parade for nine wins. Right. Well, um, I, I think I think the key thing for Washington is which has plagued them the past five years is that is to avoid starting slow. Right. So let's, you know, I always break a season into quarters. I mean, I mean it's a little different now to be playing 17 games versus 16 games. But still you want to go at least two and two those first four games and then at least four and four uh, after eight games. And then if you can be six and six after 12 games, and then that last stretch of games right there, which would be in this case, five games, you want to be above 500. And, you know, like Tim said earlier, like this past year, you know, Washington went on that four game winning streak undefeated in the month of November and had control of their own destiny pretty much until like week 15, week 16 of the season. So, and a lot of that breakdown, like he said, was due to the COVID outbreak and then just Heineke kind of trying to almost melting down. I mean, he, at, he hit his know. ceiling. We all knew that, that yeah, he was yeah. going to hit his ceiling at some point. There'd be enough tape on him. Right. There would be those issues. But but I guess what my point being is that, you know, kind of echoing what Tim is saying, that if Carson Wentz can, come, can approach anywhere near that Super Bowl winning campaign in Washington, even if he's like 60% of that, that's good enough to get this team to a winning record, number one. And then I think the other thing, like we got to remember when when Wentz was the starter of that Eagles team that year, I mean he was in the he was in the captain seat as far as earning league MVP until he got hurt. You know, I mean it was almost a lock that he was going to get it. That's how yeah. well he was playing. So I think we forget, you know, how he did. And I think if there's any coach in the NFL that can get a quarterback's mind right and humble them, so they can you know, see the opportunity in front of them is coach Rivera. No, it's in Zampezi and, and yeah. it'd be fun to see Scott Turner. Like you finally get the playbook open for you, right? Like you're no longer having to work with a quarterback that is limited, like great, great off schedule to take nothing away from Heineke in that, but his ceiling was pretty low. Uh, unlike Tim's house, which we saw as he walked through it, which all the ceilings look really high. So I think we should all move to Indy. Good grief. Um, But like, I'm looking at the schedule from last season, right? Uh, The game against the, well, you know what? Let's take this saints game, right? Uh, The, where we lost to the saints. Does Washington with Carson Wentz win that game? I don't know if you guys remember. Yes. Uh, That was pretty close until about the very end. 
I say I think Washington would Carson would wins that game. I think Washington would wins wins the Philly game in Philadelphia uh, when we had the COVID outbreak. Uh, it was another game. Denver uh, Broncos, the Broncos game. Washington wins that game with Carson Wentz and Denver Broncos. Washington beats Dallas at home. Look how well we played against Dallas, you know. Um, I tell you what, that's game. something. Dallas is really interesting because they have got a cap problem. <laughs> Man, they are they are struggling in the cap department. That uh, is the dynasty in Dallas over or is are we calling it are we killing it too soon? What do you think, Tim? <laughs> You know, I I think as long as you have a quarterback, you got a shot, and they've got right. a quarterback. So no, I, I I still think they're the team to beat in the division. So much is going to change between uh, now and the start of the season. We don't uh, mm-hmm. we're not going to know what these rosters are going to look like. You know, it, we all want to dog Dallas all the time, but you know they're really good at drafting, and you know so we got a draft coming up, and uh, you know, they I know they got cap issues, but they also know how to draft, and that's going to help. So. I wish uh, we had a draft of Michael Parsons. <laughs> um, let's talk about Landon Collins getting released. He got released today, kind of corresponding move to, you know, to free up some space. I think we, I thought we had like $60 million in cap space. And all of a sudden now they're like, well, you got to go, um, you know, but this was, we knew this was kind of coming because this was the out year for that deal that Washington signed with Landon Collins. So what do you, was the Landon Collins signing? Did we get our money's worth out of the deal? Um, Or does he represent the old thinking in Washington? Like, are we going to see another Landon Collins, another icon star at the top of the player roll in on another giant deal that he can never leave the room unless he signs? Uh, I, I think like, I would say no, I think that we've seen a lot of success with some of the signings under the Rivera era. Uh, when you look at, uh, players like Cam Curl and others that have made immediate impact and did not have to give up that kind of, um, salary cap, you know, uh, value. So I would say no. And, and, and in, in relation to Landon Collins, I mean, he did have some flashes of brilliance in 20, uh, 21 when he went to the, uh, the, the, the Buffalo nickel uh, safety slot. But other than that, I mean, he was injured um, the, the previous year. I mean, he never emerged as that consistent, dominant, you know, defensive back that we thought he was going to be. So I would say that it did not pan out. So I think, you know, I think they parted company and wish him much success in his next team endeavor. Tim, do you sign if you're, 2019, you are the GM of the Washington, then Redskins. Are you signing Landon Collins to a six-year, $84 million deal? Well, hindsight's 50-50, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, what do you think? Like, obviously now we can say like, yeah, it probably didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm remembering back when they signed him. I wasn't super excited. Um, you know, it wasn't one of those signings where I'm, you know, doing cartwheels like I am for Carson Wentz. <laughs> no. Yeah, he I I you know, honestly I didn't really know a whole lot about him. Um I you know, I, I, I watched two Giants games a year. So uh, right. I decided that uh, we were getting a playmaker, so I thought um yeah, he's been terribly disappointing, whether it be injury or, or just lack of performance. Um um, you know, he transitioned well this year into that Buffalo nickel, but you can't pay 
uh, a Buffalo nickel corner, what he was set to make. And um, uh, if he doesn't want to re- renegotiate that contract, then, you know, yeah, it's just time to go. Sure. And, you know, I, I think somebody will pick him up and he'll probably play well there. I mean, he he's definitely physical. And when he played towards the line of scrimmage, I mean, he was phenomenal. Uh, and I get it. You know, he doesn't want to go up against, uh, you know, defense or offensive linemen and running backs all the time and get his body tore up. But he definitely saw where his strength was. His strength was definitely at the line of scrimmage not playing safety because everybody seemed to run by him. Uh, Remember when he first signed and it was this huge debate of whether he was a box safety or yeah. he was a safety that could cover over the field. He clearly proved he was a box safety. Right. Yep. Everybody that scouted him knew he was a box safety. Though. Except for him. He was the only one that was fighting that designation. Well, he was wearing his, he, he thought he was Sean Taylor. So. Right. As yeah. everybody does. Delusional. Delusional. I think, I think DJ Swearinger was closer to Sean Taylor than uh, oh, Landon Collins Maybe was. we'll get him. Hey, DJ Swearinger, what are you up to these days? <laughs> uh, Tim, you were at the Combine. What is the experience like? For like, Can anybody go um, attend? And what, like, what's it like going to the Combine, being there? Yeah, so the Combine I've been going to for the past, I guess, five years. And it's a hidden gem. Um, I, I guess people don't think about going to the combine because it was never open to the public in terms of going to watch the stuff that you see on the NFL network. Um, you can actually go inside the stadium now, uh, uh, to watch that stuff and they put you really up you know, you're up pretty high. Uh, you can't see real great, but it's kind of cool just to be there. Like, wow, I've been watching this on NFL network for years. And so, uh, to see these guys in person, uh, even from a distance is pretty cool. Um, but the, the, the value I get from it is just being in the mix. So if you've never been to Indy, it's a, a it's a big town uh, in terms of uh, population, uh, a big small town, I guess you could say. Uh, it's not a big uh, D.C., New York, Chicago market, uh, but we're a million plus, you know, probably very similar to Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, uh, but our our downtown is unique because it's very small. Um, everything is within about a three to four block radius. Uh, and when I'm talking the stadium, our convention center, um, a lot of restaurants, bars, hotels. Um, and then we also have the skyways that connect all those venues. So even during the cold months uh, uh, of winter and, and early spring here, uh, when the temperatures are, you know, are pretty cold, uh, you can still get uh, from place to place without being outside, which is nice. Um, so that being said, when you're downtown during the combine, as I mentioned earlier, we have every coach, executive, owner, media person, whether it be our local media, the national media, the media for the other markets, everybody, scouts, um, agents, everybody is here. Mm -hmm. So sit down at a restaurant and I can guarantee you during combine week, 95% of the people that are in that restaurant are involved in the league. So, um, what I've, uh, as I've gone the past five years, I've learned some of the spots where you can go, uh, and kind of mingle with some of these people. 
And uh, so the last couple of years I've been able to get out and we'll go in the evenings, have dinner. And then afterwards we'll go have some drinks. And as you're sitting around the bar, you'll run it. You'll, you'll just notice people like, Oh, I, I mean, I ran into D'Angelo Hall and uh, Torian Gray. I don't know if you remember him oh, yeah. uh, D- coach a few years ago, the tech guy. Um, and uh, I, I, I really quick, really funny story um maybe three years ago we were walking into the stadium uh lucas oil to actually watch the uh the drills Mm -hmm. Uh, and as we're walking in we're in our redskins gear this is three years ago it's myself and uh uh, three or four other uh fellow redskins fans and all of a sudden we hear a guy yell out to us like hey and we're like you know we look over and you know it's just a guy that's dressed normal uh looks like he's got some credentials on we're like oh gosh what did we do <laughs> uh last night was pretty late i don't remember everything we did sorry <laughs> you so yeah the guy comes up to us and he's like uh well clearly you guys are redskins fans and we're like yeah you know we got the gear on hats and, and t-shirts and whatnot and he goes um I, you probably don't know me but my name's larry hess and we're all like we know i mean I, yeah we didn't identify him but once he said his name we're like oh yeah of course we know you larry good to meet you um and he's like could you take a picture with me he he wanted us so we do a selfie with larry for larry and he said you know what he goes i'm taking this inside and i'm going to show dan snyder and we, you know we're i'm going to meet him inside and he, he's going to get a kick out of this so uh, it was just uh, just one of those combine stories you'll you'll remember, and it was pretty cool, um, uh, you know, to to have that happen. Uh, but but like I said, I mean, I just 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 this year alone, um, you know, just rubbing shoulders with Ian Rappaport. You know, he's he's literally talking to us for ten minutes uh, about nothing, but just 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 really cool to have a conversation with somebody that you see on TV every day for years and does all this remarkable reporting. Uh, you know, he, him and Schefter, you know, that's who it is. That's, that's where it comes from. Right. Yeah. That's where all yeah. our news comes from. So to meet him was really cool. Um, we got to meet with Scott Turner twice. Um, you know, Whoa. super friend. Everybody's really nice. They're, you know, cordial and engaging and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, the, the, but the, probably the highlight of the week was probably two people this year. I ran into, uh, Greg Williams, Greg Williams, our old defensive coordinator, um, back in the uh, the Joe Gibbs days. You guys, I'm sure uh, remember Greg, right? Yeah. Notorious Greg Williams. Um, <laughs> you you want to talk about a big personality? The guy has got a personality that lit up the the, the entire um, uh, hotel bar where we were. I mean, he he's just bigger than life. And he was uh, very forthcoming and a lot of things he told us about his experience in Washington and uh, some of that stuff I'll, I, I need to keep to myself. But there's one story I can tell you <laughs> that Greg shared uh, that, that's pretty common knowledge, I guess, is that, that basically he was offered the job and he turned it down because Dan wouldn't get rid of any. Um, he wanted to bring in his own GM. Mm. And I think that's, that's, that's one of those times we've had a couple times, you know, you know, the Brad Johnson fiasco, uh, and then, and then the Greg and going, moving on from Joe, uh, Gibbs, um, to, to Greg Williams, I think kind of would have kept things going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And obviously that didn't happen and everything kind of has fallen apart since then. But I, I, I think Greg would have been a great hire for us. Um, and then another guy that we ran into, uh, was Wes Phillips, uh, son of Wade oh, Phillips. Yeah. yeah. 
coach for us. Uh, he comes over and he's, uh, you know, again, very, very engaging, you know, drinks are flowing. So they're talking, you know, they're, they're, they're having a good time. We're all talking, conversating. Um, and the, I'm very upfront, like, Hey man, I'm just a fan, you know, I'm nobody. And, you know, but they'll, they, these guys will spill their guts. Um, and, a, a just a real quick story with him. He was telling us, um, you know, back, he worked for Jay and he said oh, yeah. he loved Jay. had a great relationship with Jay as most people did. Um, he said that when Jay was fired and Bill took, took over old man, Bill, he said it became so dysfunctional during that time that when Bill Callahan would walk down the hallway, they wouldn't even make eye contact. The two of them, the two coaches, really? they had, they didn't have meat. We're talking, Bill was there for what the last, I don't know. Oh, it, Jay got fired in September. It was like 11 games. 11 games. Oh, was that many? I, yeah, I it, was like, it was September. Yeah. Yeah. He said he was not involved in meetings together. They they had separate meetings and did not conversate. And he said that's just how it was with a lot of the people at that time with Bill. He said it was awful. He said it's the most dysfunctional thing he's ever saw. And he's been in this business for, you know, his dad's been in this business oh my God, forever. forever. So anyway, yeah, just a couple interesting tidbits, uh, you know, as they relate to Washington and some of the people I met over the years. And one other last thing about it is I talked to probably five or six different people that have been involved with the team, uh, whether coaching or whatnot over the years. And they all kind of said the same thing. They like Dan Snyder. They know I never heard anybody have anything bad to say about Dan himself, uh, you know, take that for what you're, for what it's worth. Um, but, uh, all good things were said about him. Uh, so. I, I always like the guy that writes my paycheck. Yeah. The fan base would probably say that those coaches have Stockholm syndrome, but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I always look at it and say though, like you don't, you don't, you never burn bridges. Like the NFL yeah. is such a small community and, if you if you're to go out and let's say try to do the RJ three book deal, right, where you're gonna tell everybody's secrets, you know you're done. And there's only 32 opportunities in any you know any capacity. Last thing you'd want to do is ruin your opportunity with all 32 because you spoke ill of you know one of the 32, right? Plus, yeah. you get paid a lot of money to coach football, which is pretty cool. Hey, uh, Jonathan, I wanted to uh, ask Tim, Tim a question real quick. Sure, go, get in there. So, Tim, uh, you know you know, uh, Washington is going to play uh, Indianapolis on the road if you're in Indianapolis. Uh, and I know a lot of fans uh, are planning on going. I think me and Jonathan are definitely thinking about uh, making a trip this year uh what is the game day experience like at lucas oil stadium and and for the indianapolis Colts? what do we have to expect when we come to indy for that game well uh it's a really cool atmosphere because it's a downtown stadium so if you like the downtown uh experience uh much similar to what they have in charlotte then you're probably gonna like uh the uh the tailgating and the uh um uh, the atmosphere that's created. Uh, there, there's a buzz, you know, in a city when there's a when there's an NFL game being played in a downtown venue. Uh, so the the buzz is pretty good. Um, the uh, like I said, the city's super small. So once you get downtown, if you're if you're staying downtown, 
it's so accessible to get to the restaurants after the game, before the game, uh, you know, to go eat or have some drinks. Um, like I said, plenty of hotels, plenty of rooms. This is what they do. So Indy has put, you know, puts on final fours and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're used to big events and they handle it really well. Um, so it's, it's fun. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a little bit, it's, even when they talk about our stadium, like I like the fact that we all tailgate basically on one lot. Uh, like uh, like my favorite places to go are Kansas City mm -hmm. and and Washington because everybody has to park and I know it's a nightmare getting out but it's a nightmare getting out anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I enjoy that everybody's together in the same lot. So the one thing I I, I don't care for a lot when it comes to India is all the lots are spread oh, out okay. through the downtown oh, as you can imagine okay. because it's a downtown area so you don't have a huge lot of uh of colts fans or opposing teams fans where we're all kind of tailgating together um they have some bigger size lots but every, it's kind of spread out um so you lose a little bit of that vibe um but you walk into a restaurant walk into a bar and it's you know there's there's a lot to do uh and if it's a, a cold weather month and it's, it's certainly not so bad because you can get out of that cold and uh, and uh and partake in uh, some uh, some drinks and, and food and whatnot before and after the game uh, while you're in that 70 degree uh <laughs> controlled temperature inside so but yeah and the stadium is absolutely amazing uh yeah you know people are people are people are cool here and uh and we're gonna have a blast i've got some stuff lined up especially if it's gonna be an early season game um, we've got a lake out here and, um, so we're, uh, I, I've already got it planned out. If it's, uh, if it can be a September game, uh, we're all going to be out on the lake. It's, uh, it may not be a love boat, Minnesota thing. Like Freddie's <laughs> like Fred we're going to have a good time. And, uh, so you're going to do a boat ride on a lake? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, I've got four or five boats lined up that, uh, we can all get on and, uh, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, and, and now, would this be the day of the game, or it would be the night no, before? No, no, so it, it would it'd have to be something where it'd be that Saturday, probably uh, mm -hmm. a daytime, oh, yeah. where we do a uh, a rally or whatnot that night. Mm -hmm. um, but well, you know, once the date's announced, we'll start uh, putting together some stuff. We actually have a pretty good contingent of uh, Skins fans, not like you guys have down in Charlotte, but. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we've got a pretty good group here and, uh, and my local friends here that are Colts fans are a lot of fun. So we're going to mix it up and, uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll have a really good time. That's awesome. I, I am looking forward to it. I, I said, there's, there's two games that I want to get to Chicago weather dependent because Chicago is just an amazing city, it but is. it's not amazing in December. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. November is here. <laughs> October is dicey. <laughs> so September, like September, you're like, whoa. September in Chicago is fantastic. It's like right? week one, week one or bust in Chicago, right? <laughs> Pretty much. If we're opening in Chicago, count me in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, and then Indy, just because it's uh, not a city I've been to, but a stadium always looks amazing. And then I thought about. Uh, going out to San Fran, San Francisco, really Santa Clara, just to do the whole wine country thing. Yeah. I think that'd be kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, um, and that's the only destination um, road game we have this year. So, yeah, I'm hoping that will be another reason why we get a pretty good uh, crowd of people here in Indy. So, I'm going to be pushing for it. Do we? Yeah. Do we know if the like when the games like if they're played overseas? Do we know when those are? 
the are they dates. announced early? I think the dates have been announced, and and and, and the uh, the team the home teams have been announced. I think already. And it's not us. It's not, not us. It's not us. Because because uh, a lot of the uh, the fans from England were dropping English profanity in several chat rooms when they found out that it wasn't one of us. So, Did they want us? I, well, you know, I'm talking about the uh, the, the 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 Washington uh, Commanders yeah, fans. Our uh, guys, yeah, really, our guys. really uh, keeping yeah. it keeping it classy over there. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I know from I know for myself, you know, uh, I've, I've already designated Indy as my road game this year for Washington, and then. Um, and because I got spoiled like crazy because of the Raiders game in Las Vegas, I'm just going to go to another Raiders game in Las Vegas. You just want to go to Vegas. Big, well, why not? I mean, so I'll be an Indy. I'm just going to go to a Raiders game. And then, of course, several home games for Washington. That'll, and that'll be my season this year. But I want to come out and support Tim because, you know, he's done a great job being one of our top tier fans. Well, Com- Commanders Nation or whatever we're, <laughs> we're doing now. Are we the squad? I don't know what we are, you know. Tim, what should we call these groups? I I, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask because I'll still, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be nice and just and I'll I'll just say skins. Yeah. <laughs> are you? It's you know, it's funny because I was talking um, I was talking with uh, Dale Jr. about um, when Carson Wynn was was signed, kind of come back full circle, right? And I said. Uh, what should we do at, um, like, are you excited? And he was like, mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> what do you think Washington does at 11? And he goes, it doesn't matter. Just, just pick it. Does, it, it pick any of them. It doesn't matter. So I guess final question of the pod is now we're at 11 and I'm not saying you even, even, even to pick a player, but we know what the needs are of this team, Right. You, you've got a running back situation kind of worked out, maybe, maybe worked out. You've got quarterback, hopefully answered. You've got wide receiver. If Curtis Samuel comes back healthy, that could be exciting to see what you do. And then tight end. I mean, gosh, it, I think you made a great point, Tim, when I saw that you said Logan Thomas is probably one of the happiest people on the team right now because you saw what Zach Ertz um and uh, and Carson Wentz dead in Philly. So, if you if you were making the pick in the draft, what does Washington go for? What is the need? What is the strength? What is the position? Do you say at the draft? This is what I'm gonna. We should target this in the draft. Strength the strength, or, or go build something new, or go get another quarterback because you never know. All right. So, I mean, if it's up to me, uh, I'll, I'll stay away from the cliche and not say best player available. I'm always best uh, available. <laughs> and I, because, because we picked up Carson Wentz and because I believe in Carson Wentz, I don't want to draft quarterback, not with 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as I look at the roster, I, I you can never have enough offensive linemen. Um, we're going to get a good player at 11. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, when I look at 11, I want to, I want a person that could potentially be impactful and be impactful quick. And that's not because I'm not patient because I'm, we can't help but be anything but patient as fans of this team uh, that have stuck around for any length of time. 
Um, so as I look at the team, there's one glaring spot where the, the way the league has transitioned now to such a pass-happy league, I see a lot of impact safeties. And I would love to have that kind of guy, especially now losing Landon. Uh, not that he was playing really that role anyway, but to uh, to just have a free-range safety that can go back there and be a Sean Taylor type of player, uh, a super impactful defensive back, um, I think would really take this defense to the next level. Um, clearly, we, the, the biggest need is middle linebacker. But I, 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 I guess I've read, I've heard, I've seen, heard enough that Middle linebacker is pretty hard to come in and be impactful right away. It's a tough position. So I, I guess in a perfect world, I'd love to see him get a, uh, a free agent type of uh, a filler at middle linebacker with some experience. And uh, and then, yeah, let's draft a safety. Let's get a playmaker back there and uh, and let's let's complete this defense. And we've got an opportunity for this defense to be really good. Um, so considering what the schedule is and what do you do when you have success, you build confidence, you know, when, when the schedule gets tougher, these guys are going to be more experienced. They're going to have confidence. And that means so much. And, uh, so I, I, I would be okay with going that direction. You know, a play, you know, a player that could be a breakout player for Washington next year. And now that we've added Carson Wentz to the team is Diami Brown. I think I think part of the challenge for Diami Brown last year is that Heineke just didn't have the arm strength that was complementary to his primary skill set, which is the deep ball threat, ball tracking ability. And I think having wins on the team, he could have. I'm not saying he's going to have a monster year, but he. I mean, if he was to be anywhere between a, a five to six hundred yards, uh, thirty to forty receptions. That's a, a nice compliment to Terry on one side, Curtis Samuel on the other side, and um, Logan Thomas as, as your primary uh, tight end target. I think that he could give some um, flexibility in the offense if, you know, this season. Well, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you nailed it. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, De'Ami Brown and in high school and college, I mean, he had Sam Howell at UNC, right? Sam Howell, of course, who you saw at the draft. All right, uh-huh. the combine. Uh, eventually, I'll figure out what the things are. <laughs> Sam Howell at the combine. I mean, look, he's got a strong arm. He's a strong arm quarterback. He was a strong arm quarterback at UNC. And so it benefits Diami to be able to run those longer routes. And and I think even in training camp, you saw that he did. He, when he had Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick had a stronger arm than um, than. Um, uh, Heineke has so yeah that, that'll be interesting to see I I am one that I'm not ready to give up on on Brown I think he's got a lot of talent I think um, he can learn he work on his route trees so he's not just a the the fly route guy but man he, he hits one of those and oh like I can't wait and I know he can't wait too because I mean geez he imagine like all season long, you just wait to throw up the deuces when you go in the end zone, like you did in college and you waited all year to do it. Like it's going to be, it's going to be good. And, and, and Terry's a deep threat too. I mean, people forget, forget about oh, that. Course. I mean, so it's like, you know, having, I mean, I think the thing like, like uh, Tim brought up earlier 
is that Carson Wentz, is, I mean, he's not the top-tier quarterbacks right now, but he may be in that, that next-level cadre of quarterbacks. And just being able to stretch the field to any degree is going to make Washington's offense that much more potent. And also it will create oppor- more opportunities for um, Antonio Gibson to get in the open field if defenses are feeling any type of threat from our passing attack. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. I, I'm optimistic. I know Tim's optimistic. I'm going to write off a of Tim's optimism <laughs> that this Carson Wentz deal is going to work out for us. So He sold, he sold me. <laughs> I sold, I am, I'm literally sold, so I'm going to now blame him when things go wrong because that's hey. what we do as fans, right? <laughs> Hashtag blame Tim me. <laughs> hey, one of, when hmm? it comes to – sorry to interrupt you, but no. – the last, the last reason to come to Indy next year is it's going to be a Carson Wentz homecoming. So oh, that's right. Yeah. We, got, we have a little bit of extra juice. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it'll be fun. And those Eagles games are going to be interesting too, so let's Absolutely. not forget about that. Oh, they, yep. the game in Philadelphia is going to be – they'll come – like they'll probably hand out batteries at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like – uh, Washington versus Philadelphia, sponsored by Duracell. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or no, it won't be Duracell. That's a quality battery. You got to have something like what's the battery that they sell? Like Evercell? Is that what they sell like at the Dollar General? Like it's gonna the- be one of those. Like they're not gonna throw a quality battery like a Duracell. No, they'll yeah. get you. They'll get those Walmart Great Value batteries. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Sam's Choice. Yeah. <laughs> They can't even call it a battery. It's one of those where it's like you buy it from the Aldi and it has like battery, but like one of those till days at the end to make it still. Yeah. Anyway, Tim Meek, he writes for Rigo's Rag and you can find him on Twitter. You're Indie Tim Skins fan, right? Or Tim Indie Skins fan. What is it? It is Tim Indie Skins fan, correct? Tim Indie Skins fan. And he's not changing to commanders. He's no, sticking sir. with it. Yes. Are you buying any commander's gear? No. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the name itself. I, it's just weird. I, I, that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, it, it, it I, I'm okay with it. Um, I don't, I'm not upset that people are at the people who do like the name or, or, or only use that as the name. But for me, it's just, I can't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Um, and I'll just call him Washington, um, you know, for now. And, uh, you know, time, Time will uh, will probably uh, help with the transition, and we'll that's see how it goes. But that's uh, right. my Redskins gear looks better than the Commanders gear. I'm just gonna be honest about you. Yeah, it does. It all and it always will. I mean, nothing yeah. could have ever uh, approached the uh, the, the greatness awesome Redskins <laughs> gear. So it's uh, yeah. it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to wearing the old maroon and black of the of the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> I love the y'all packs. Those look really cool. I, yeah. feel, I, I, I will say this: I am getting an all black jersey, and I'm going to get an authentic all black jersey. You know, with my name on the back, because that's how fire it looks. So I'm going to yeah. get that as soon as they drop. I'll be getting it. I'm going to get the, you one that says Carson Wentz on it for you to yeah, wear it around. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Tim. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you Great job, Tim. Thank you so much.